This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we will feature it on air, online, on mobile, on smart speaker, just about everywhere. What's the matter now? It doesn't work. Wow. It sounds very tinny in here today. Not sure what's going on. Got a few echoes. Yeah. Um, we probably pushed the wrong button somewhere. Did we? I don't know. I'm sure that uh, that they'll sort it out in a second. You might hear slapping, by the way, in today's show. Because uh, <laughs> Jen's just... mad with me. Oh, uh, I'm mad at you? For oh. what? Oh! That's Jen's right. mic. That's... Oh, it's... No, it's my mic. This is super weird and echoey. It sounds like there's an echo in the studio. We should have the end. Oh, that's way worse. Isn't it fun when we push buttons? Uh, so, what's going on today's show? Well, we have uh, a whole bunch of stuff on today's show going on. We, uh, we're going to have some in-studio guests. We're, we're going to get uh, 400 engineers sorting out why we have a super interesting echo. And it's not my phone, Jen. Jen's moving everything off of my desk now. My phone wouldn't hurt. My wallet my RAM Rebel keys wouldn't hurt it either. I'd be very cantankerous with Jen today. Or, uh... It's kind of hard to give him the silent treatment on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I'm going to do, you know what, I'm going to do it without headphones, there we go, probably, probably less echoey, no, still as echoey uh, as ever, um, so it's not my headphones that are making the noise, but something's echoing back in the studio, they're trying to work it out, so we have a Ram Rebel outside the, uh, the station, which you fit in the cargo boxes, don't you? I do, um, it's one of my favorite trucks by Ram. Uh, have you driven the diesel before? No. This is the diesel version. I know. I think it gets like 28, 29 miles a gallon. It is just so comfortable. Um, that. For me, that's good mileage in a truck. I like big trucks. I had a Ford Expedition. I was driving that when I was in, in um, Chicago. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty awesome. But I watched the fuel tank go down. Trust me, I drive a truck every day. <laughs> uh, the fuel tank went down. The uh, Yeah, it was, it was pretty frightening. Uh, ooh, there's a lot of feedback here. Uh, it was pretty frightening watching myself accelerate down the 95 and see the gas gauge go you know, down the truck. But I do like big trucks. That's basically the Expedition is an F-150, um, which and, and then it's boxed in. Mm-hmm. And the drive is absolutely unbelievable. I just love the drive of it, too. Uh, also on today's show, we are going to be talking about the new Ford GT Carbon I Edition. Know. I went to the unveiling of that. Liquid Carbon. Uh, it's made of carbon fiber. No, that's the addition name, liquid carbon. You know how much it is? Yeah, I do. $750,000. Mm-hmm. And you know, they put double clear coat actually just on the carbon itself. Uh, well, it has zero paint. $750,000. They better be doing an awful lot to make sure that car looks good every time it pulls out of the garage. Well, there's only going to be, what, 250 made? 250 of these vehicles made? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was a number. I know it has 660 horsepower. Mm-hmm. And I definitely could. We watched, um, there was a couple of guys from the military at the Chicago Auto Show that they allowed to go sit in it. A couple of soldiers that were there. Yeah. And even these guys who, you know, are fit. They're fitter than you and I. 
they they had a hard time getting in and out of it. Oh no! <laughs> I was watching the guy, the very tall African American gentleman who had uh, extreme trouble swooping into the seat. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Hey, so being short's a positive here. <laughs> yeah, no, short, uh, but not being fat. That doesn't work. But being short is a positive too. Uh, we're also going to have uh, the GMC Hummer on today. Stuart Fowl from GMC is going to talk to us about the Hummer. He is going to actually uh, tell us about those Hummers. And uh, is that what it was? Yeah, we worked it out. Yeah, that was it. Cool. Okay, we we had a, we had the set of headphones was too loud on the other side. There we are. Wow. Amazing. Right. One little thing. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, and also, we're going to talk about uh, Jeep accessories, because accessories are super important with Jeeps, and so we're going to have Jeep accessories. Uh, Mike Timmons is going to be here from Truck Hero, and he's going to answer all of your accessory needs. I'd really like to get a Jeep Gladiator Mojave and accessory, accessorize it. Accessorize uh, it. Accessorize it, um, because I just saw that release at the Chicago show. Crazy Anton Warman's going to be here to talk about uh, investment, and also we're going to uh, have, of course, the vehicles we've been driving, one of which is the Ram 1500 Rebel, but I've also been driving the 2020 Mitsubishi Outlander PHEV plug-in hybrid. I managed to get from the airport to my house on pretty much electricity alone. Okay, this is the one I actually like. Electric, I like. It's a plug-in hybrid. Yeah, we drove it at uh, Mudfest. All right, all right. And that was fun. Okay. Well, you just dog on me all the time, you know, because I'm not an EV girl. You're just so mad with me today. I'm just being sassy. You are sassy today. Oh, slap, Jack. Nick Sharp. No. Uh, all right. <laughs> so Chicago Auto Show just got uh, just got back from some of the previews there. It's pretty impressive. There's a lot of really cool stuff at the show. Uh, I went to all the reveals. We covered all those. If you go to our auto expert, you can actually see all the vehicles that were revealed at the show. And, and you can see Nick's them. jackets. Yes. This collection of jackets. <laughs> I'm pretty well known on television for having flashy jackets. I know. And thank you for yeah. mine, by the way. I can't wait to wear it. Oh, yeah. I got, a, I got a flashy jacket, and it was way too small, and it fits Jen. Yeah. So now Jen's joined the flashy jacket club. Yes. Well, you have to when you work with Nick. <laughs> when you go to you auto to events, flashy. you can have a flashy jacket. <laughs> I will tell you um, the, the 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 flashy jackets are sometimes divert from the cars, but not the GV80. We were there for the uh, the GV80 the first time on the floor of the auto show. It was amazing. They're going to kill that. We're going to get uh, we're going to get them on to talk about the new GV80. The first mm -hmm. SUV from Genesis was absolutely outstanding. We saw the new Chrysler Pinnacle uh, version of the, the, so they rolled out a 2021 version of the uh, Chrysler Pacifica, and the Pinnacle is a new trim level they have, and it, honestly, it looks better than a Bentley on the inside. That's the all-wheel drive? Uh, it, will, it will have both all-wheel drive, and it'll, uh, I believe, I believe that the hybrid will come in an all-wheel drive eventually too. That'll be nice. We said a hybrid all-wheel drive, but the inside, it has little like uh, diamond stitched cushions that go in, in the, in, yeah, it's yeah, honestly grape juice and those don't marry well, but uh, <laughs> I want to know, do they still have the vacuum cleaner in it, though? I don't know. We'll have to find that the out. most fun thing about that vehicle. I know. Like Cheerios. Sometimes you can use it. I wonder if you could use a Floby in that car. A Floby? Isn't that to cut your hair or something? Yeah, it's like a vacuum. Oh, my gosh. It's a, vacuum, <laughs> it's a vacuum cleaner that cuts your hair. I wonder if you can attach the Floby to the vacuum. Hey, I have a question. Yeah, How is on. the Jaguar F-Type? Oh, you know what? I love that car, I also too. got to drive the Defender, the new Defender. But you know how? I had it on TV station there. Yeah? And we're showing everybody the new car live on TV, and they it was in the wrong place just before we started. It says, it needs to be moved over one parking space. So I moved it over one parking <laughs> space. 
So I've got to change one parking space to the other. Does he love that power? All right. <laughs> All right, we're going to find out about the new Ford GT that was unveiled at the Chicago International Auto Show, Liquid Carbon Edition. We're going to be talking to Ford coming up. Mike Stevenson, 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 Stevenson. That's coming up on our Auto Expert. <laughs> You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all the past shows, see our automotive videos, our TV appearances, read insider car stories, and see your next ride. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. If you go there, you'll see the uh, video that we did of the walk-around of the brand-new GT uh, which was revealed just before the auto show in uh, in Chicago, um, and then we had we weren't allowed to talk about it. It was all a big secret until the next day, and then the next day we were actually allowed to talk about it. You know, it's one of those embargoed things. But, but to tell us all the inside uh, secrets about the car is uh, Mike Severson. Um, first of all, Mike, uh, let's talk a little bit about this GT. So the GT is probably the premium car in Ford's lineup, I would say, although I, I'm partial to the Expedition. But it's the, it's, it's the premium car in your lineup. And it now comes in three flavors. Yes, the, uh, the, the Ford GT comes in a few, few different specs, actually. So we have a, a custom series a carbon series, a heritage edition, and the, the, the recently revealed liquid carbon. So we have something for everybody. Everyone was pretty excited uh, when, when they saw this unveiled. Uh, so the GT itself is, I mean, we, we've seen the movie. And if you haven't seen the movie, you should go and see uh, Ferrari versus Ford. But we've seen the movie about uh, Ford's um, heritage and how they sort of formulated this vehicle to be uh, what it is today. And it's kind of the pinnacle of what a lot of people own in their driveways as something that is they've worked their whole life to actually own. And it still maintains after all these sort of years, even when you brought the vehicle back, it still maintains this amazing performance credential out of just a v6 engine you're 100 percent right we brought back the ford gt to to win le mans uh, 50 years to the day after our historic 66 win and we, we did win that race and it is it really lives up to the expectation of the uh, iconic gt40 um, carries many of the styling cues and uh, delivers an incredible amount of performance. I think one of the things that uh, most people uh, think about when they think about performance cars, they, they think about V8 and bigger engines, but it, it's pretty incredible we can get so much power between sort of 647 and 660 power, um, you know, horsepower out of something that's a 3.5 liter V6. So you're really working with the GT on the premise that it's light and aerodynamic and it doesn't have to, to be powerful. It just has to be light and aerodynamic. And then you, uh, you add in some great clever engineering and you really get what's, what's uh, basically a rocket ship there uh, on the ground. You're a hundred percent right. The, uh, when we went, we start, first started the program, aerodynamics was one of the key considerations because the objective was to win Le Mans and to 
to go 200 miles an hour down the Mulsanne Strait, you needed a, a very low Drake coefficient. So we, we designed the, the body of the car to be able to do that. Well, the packaging of a V8 uh, didn't work. So we, we went to the 3.5 liter V6, and our engineers, who are very good, worked very hard to get every last horsepower out of that motor. And now we have 660 horsepower, very dense, power-dense motor in that 4GT. And it, like you said, it's a rocket. Let's talk about the, 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 the look of the vehicle. Now you call it liquid carbon. Uh, it looks from the outside that it's, it's made of carbon fiber. Is it all carbon fiber, or, or what's the construction underneath the look? So, so yes, the uh, Ford GT, um, not just the liquid carbon, but all of the new um, cars are a carbon fiber body, carbon fiber top. Um, there is aluminum subframes and uh, suspension components, um, only because you, you can't really make those out of carbon fiber, but we there is extensive use of carbon fiber, so that will make it very light and also have a very stiff um, so that it improves performance, not just in a straight line, but um, around the, the corners as well. Now, to, to keep this pristine, you've put a lot of clear coat on the top of that carbon fiber look. Yes, so um, it's been something we've been wanting to do for a while, but getting the uh, the look right was was very important because um, carbon fiber it it's uh, to have it look as well as it did. It, it takes a lot. It's a longer production process. Um, if there's a, an imperfection and visually you, you can't cover it with paint, so we. We've been working, and we now have a, a production process where it's it's each um, of the ex the most exterior layers of carbon fiber is from a single batch, so that will maintain consistency in color um, and really add to the visual uh, appeal of the car. And um, there's a, a, a different process when you when you use clear coat than paint. So it, all of that means we, it took a while to develop, but the end result is quite remarkable. Um, carbon fiber is notoriously very difficult to work with. My cousin uh, works with carbon fiber, and he says this is like very frustrating because it never does anything you actually want it to do. <laughs> it sort of doesn't, doesn't obey the laws of physics. It, it must have taken a long time to develop this. What was, what was the development time out of the gate for this? Uh, it's been something we've been working on for a number of months. I mean, the Multimatic, who, who builds the car, are carbon fiber experts. That's why they were selected to build not only the uh, road car, but also the, the race car. Um, but it, it, it took a team many months to pull together and, and work to get the, this end uh, product there. So the, Again, the liquid carbon is quite quite incredible. Uh, now the price is quite incredible too seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Is it going to be a lot of takers of that? I, uh, you know, we so this car is going to be available um, to anyone who has been already approved uh, through the application process, and they they don't have their their car built yet. Um, 
we received an overwhelming response and and really sold out the production number within an hour. Oh wow! So that's it. No more. No more. For it. We'll have to wait till the next one to reveal. Did it, did it go on sale uh, right after the announcement was made? Uh, we um, we are looking to start production very soon. Um, this is something that even those who were um, selected for a four uh, GT did didn't know about. So it's it's news to them. It's very good news. But the production will be very very limited just because of the longer manufacturing process. Um, but they um, it is will start production very soon. And uh, deliveries for those people, how long is it going to take to actually make these vehicles? Will they get them before the end of the year? Uh, yes. Well, we look to start delivering cars in, in, in a few months. All right. So those people are going to be very, very happy, of course, uh, for the liquid carbon edition. Is there going to be more? Are we done with special editions of the GT, or are we going to see more? Well, that's a good question. And unfortunately, I I can't comment on a future product, but I can assure you we we look to keep it fresh um, through the end of production. Probably talking about keep your eyes on the prize as well. If you haven't, by the way, seen the GT movie, you want to go see that. Mike, hey, thanks for, very much for joining us. Mike is the Ford GT uh, program manager with Ford, and we've been talking about the new Ford GT Liquid Carbon. And if you want to go see the uh, unveil and the walk around of that video, you can go to ourautoexpert.com. It's actually on the website there, as are all the vehicles from the Chicago International Auto Show unveils. Uh, certainly a lot of them. There was a lot of new vehicles including the new Atlas and there was a new Chrysler uh, Pacifica uh, seven vehicles from Toyota I and mean, there's a lot of videos to watch there we have teasers we have the full walk around we have some of our TV appearances coming up we'll talk more about the Chicago Water Show you're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast our auto expert is on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can start a conversation with us and uh, ask your car questions or direct message us. Uh, our auto expert on all the social media platforms as well. Uh, Jen, you've been to Chicago Auto Show in the past, haven't you? I have. And uh, you enjoyed it? I did. It's, I like the layout. It's cold, though. Uh, yeah, I know. Tell it's me about cold. It. <laughs> but I like the way it's set up in the four, you- four different quadrants. That's what uh, I call it. Okay. And well, it has sort of two halls with uh, the... Which then you got the downstairs. Yeah, the, the the upstairs is so big. A million square feet of carpet. That's a lot mm-hmm. of vacuuming. You ever thought about who has to vacuum that? I think we were awake when they were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of vacuums going to work in the morning to do all that carpet. That's right. Uh, it's actually one of the best convention centers, I think, in the United States. Uh, it's very peaceful. It's very calm. It's very open. It is. Um, and the, the Chicago Auto Show has a lot of vehicles on the floor. There is a lot of vehicles that you don't get to see at regular auto shows because it has this bias towards trucks and adventure vehicles. Uh, Toyota had seven uh, truck or SUV special editions coming out uh, during the show. And there was even uh, the replacements. You remember the, the camper vans? Mm-hmm. The camper vans that you used to uh, have... Uh, as kids or your parents had as kids or the VW uh, Vanigans and those type of things well mm-hmm. uh, which were terrible by the way they were great hey. great to be in but the engines were oh god I had the coolest parents really yeah they converted a panel van 
It was. I'm scared just hearing no, that was, panel band. She makes me frightened. But no, on. it was awesome. They yeah. um, put like you know f- a f- foot full of foam at the bottom and had yeah. carpet and a couch and a refrigerator and we used to travel back east and stuff. It was great. Yeah. Well, now. Mercedes yeah, Benz introduced a brand new uh, a van with a pop up top called the Weekender. And mm. uh, it's made by, or, you know, they take the Metris van, which is the half sprinter van. It's uh, You're probably not as familiar with the Metris as you are with the sprinter. Yeah, I like but the They sprint. take the Metris, which is a smaller van, mm-hmm. and they convert it into this uh, very cool vehicle that has a pop top called a Weekender. Nice. Um, so the, the top goes all the way up at an angle, like it used to on some of the uh, older vans. And then it has this sort of memory foam mattress, which has some interesting spring selections that pops down from the roof. And then you also have on the inside seating for five. But the, the, the strange thing is. It has curtains, even. Yeah, it does have curtains. It's seating Seating for five, but sleeping for four. Okay, if you own a Mercedes Benz, are you really gonna camp in it? Well, uh, th- this is this is the van. It's a van, a Mercedes Benz van. So that'd be my cell phone. Is that your cell phone ringing? Yes. Do you want me to get it on the air live? Who is it? Your mom? <laughs> no, it's Mike. I gotta go oh. get him. He's downstairs. All right. The Mercedes van. Uh, Mercedes vans do a really good job at the, at the vans, and you, if you've seen the Sprinter vans. They call them uh, Type A's, I think RVs. Uh, Mercedes Benz actually now have this Metris van, and they convert it in. So the front seats, where the driver and the passenger would sit, they swivel around. And you can actually sit inside those, which is kind of cool. They swivel around, and then there's a table which moves around on the inside. There's curtains. Uh, Even up the top, there's USB ports in the bed up the top, which is kind of cool. So you get those USB ports, and you can plug lights into them, like the USB lights. You can also uh, plug your phone in, those type of things to charge it. Um, The thing with it is it takes 400 pounds uh, maximum weight of 400 pounds in the bed up top. And so I was thinking, like, I have five dogs. There's two of us with five dogs. That wouldn't work because two of the dogs are 100 pounds each. <laughs> That's 200 pounds. And I'm clearly, I'm clearly over uh, 100 pounds. So, uh, you know, two of us up there, that would be over 400 pounds. So it wouldn't work for my dogs. But there is the fold-down bed downstairs. So we could, one of us could sleep down and one of us could sleep up, and then we could just be mobbed by dogs. It's actually really cool looking. Yeah, I see. It is. I like see. it. But like I said, again... Would you really camp in? Yeah, but it's uh, Mercedes. It's good for vans like day trips. Are very commercial. I know. What do you mean day trips? It's awesome. It's got loads of room. It has a pull-out kitchen and and uh, stove in the back, refrigerator, everything. You can get everything in the back. Okay, well, I wasn't there. I didn't see that. Sorry. Oh yeah. Oh, now mm. I'm getting. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. Look from you. Uh, it's it's nice, <laughs> but and and they're converted in Seattle, which is kind of cool. Uh, here's the, here's the thing though. Um, they wouldn't give us a price. But after doing some, like, after some things, I beat up a few people. Uh, they wouldn't do as a price. But I think they'll be about $70,000. Easy. But you know, that's a They're lot nice. less than $140,000 for uh, one of the other vehicles. Like, $140,000 is what you'll pay for, like, a Sprinter conversion, a really nice one. So that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. $70,000, I guess, for a, a small little RV. It's not, not horrible, bad. is it? No, uh-uh. And you can use it as a daily driver, too. So uh, soccer moms love it, except for the guys at the auto show that got inside it with glasses and wine and dropped them. <gasps> that was pretty uh, scary. It was bound to happen. They said, no drinks inside, please. And a couple of guys going, oh, yeah, this is great. Smash. There you go. So when you get yours, if it smells of wine, you know it was the, uh, the, the auto show the edition. Auto show. <laughs> All right, coming up, we've got more on Our Auto Expert. You can check it out at ourautoexpert.com.
You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northeast to the southwest. This is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on mobile, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Truck Girl Jen, who is pretty excited, by the way, because of the news announced by GMC. Uh, Jen likes big trucks, mm-hmm. and uh, she is not a huge fan. I say she's a mild fan. She's a fan because of the economy, but you're not a huge fan of electric vehicles. No. But now the marriage of both, uh, let's say possibly big truck, we don't know much, but uh, also the uh, opportunity to have an electric vehicle has come your way with the announcement by GMC that uh, they have this brand new Hummer EV coming. Joining us on the phone, Stuart Fowl from GMC. So, Stuart, um, this has probably been one of the most uh, anticipated announcements, the, the Hummer brand coming back. People didn't really know if it was going to happen. You kept your, uh, I guess you kept it all inside, no information getting leaked out. But finally we get to see the front grill and know that uh, the GMC is going to have a sub-brand, which is going to be called Hummer. What else do we know? Well, I, I know I was on with you two weeks ago, and I told you the coolest thing we had going on for us was a new Yukon, but <laughs> <laughs> here we are. Wait, wait, a PR person didn't tell me the truth? Oh, my goodness me, I'm shocked. Yukon <laughs> was pretty cool. <laughs> it, it's pretty cool, and, uh, and that one will be on sale this year. But, uh, of course, our coolest news for, uh, for on sale next year is, of course, the, the new GMC Hummer EV. Uh, so yeah, it's a. Uh, I know there's a lot of speculation that the Hummer brand would be coming back, uh, but the way we're approaching this is that it will be a model within GMC. So just like we have the GMC Sierra, GMC Terrain, this will be called the GMC Hummer EV uh, pickup. Now I call it a sub-brand. So let's get this right, making sure we don't uh, mislead everybody. Will there be more than one? Or will there be, uh, I mean, is there a potential to be all in one? You can't tell me where there is going to be. Is it going to be a sub-brand where you could have multiple Hummer EVs of different shapes and sizes, or will this just be a single model? So when, when we talk sub-brand, we think things like our uh, Denali lineup and our 84 lineup that stretch across all the models that we have within GMC. And we're, we're really thinking of the Hummer EV as a, model not a sub-brand okay so a single model for now uh you have some initial stats of this vehicle what are they we do have some initial stats uh so the uh the most important one to me is zero to 60 in three seconds out of a pickup truck which is really incredible you know that's up there with 911s and uh corvettes and, and sports cars uh the second stat is 1,000 horsepower, which is uh, equally awesome. And the third set, the one that seems to be uh, really breaking the Internet this week, is 11,500 pound-feet of torque. All right, so that's pretty substantial. Uh, is 1,000 horsepower. Yeah. It's, that's exciting. That, that's pretty substantial. Yeah. But it really depends on the size. I mean, you know, if it's the size of a house, that's probably not much. But it's, if it's the size of a, you know, uh, a, let's say a Colorado, then, <laughs> that's pretty substantial amount of, uh, of get up and go in this vehicle. So have you given any, any indication about what sort of size this vehicle will be? We have not given, given any indication of the size yet, and that will all come 
in uh, May of this year. So we'll do a full reveal of the Hummer EV on May 20th. Uh, so that'll be a, a really exciting day. And uh, what we've shared so far is just the, the tip of the iceberg. So there's plenty in store for uh, what we have to talk about with this Hummer EV, but size is, is one of those. But uh, it is of a size that you can have a thousand horsepower and get a truck to zero to sixty in thirty seconds. So, all right, I'll, I'll leave you with that. All right, uh, I am. Um, I just put this in my calendar. I happen to be free those dates if I need to go somewhere oh, to perfect. see it. Just, just to let you know, I'm, I'm putting it in. Uh, save the date, just you know, just in case. I don't think my eyes what? have shut since you've gotten on this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so excited. This is Jen's dream come true, it by is. the way. She's, she's like never been satisfied with any of the electric <laughs> vehicles out there, and she's finally like, oh, maybe I will buy any. Maybe I'll trade in all of my menagerie of trucks and uh. and if, wait. Don't you well, don't don't you guys do a discount if you're a previous GM vehicle owner? Don't you get a discount if you buy another one? Well, Jen gets a discount no matter what. Whoop <laughs> 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 whoop! We'll, we'll make that happen. There you yeah. go. I've uh, always been a fan of the Hummers. You know, I just love the the ruggedness and the toughness of them. But this is exciting. Yeah. I love the front girl. So uh, yeah, and what's, what's exciting to me about it is uh, just where we are with the progression of electric vehicles in the industry. It, wasn't too long ago that uh, we had a lot of compliance vehicles in the industry, and if you wanted to build an electric car, it needed to be a, a small, sleek uh, coupe or, or tiny hatchback. Uh, and now we're really at a point, and you look at how we're announcing this in the Super Bowl. Uh, we didn't talk about range. We didn't talk about uh, coefficient of drag. This is an EV that is awesome and powerful and off-road and capable, and all of that other stuff will come later. Um, but we, we're at a point where EVs are just cool, whether, you, uh, whether you're big about electric uh, power or not. You can't argue with the stats. Let me ask you this question, because obviously you had a teaser video, and the teaser video, which we posted on all our social media channels at Our Auto Expert, it had, uh, you have galloping horses with no sound and said, this is how it'll sound. <laughs> you know, you, you, there's a lot of teases. We get to see the front grill. Uh, is that the Super Bowl ad, or is the Super Bowl ad different? So the three teasers that you have seen are uh, what my advertising colleague call a pullout. So that's uh, a portion of the ad. So if you look at the three teasers, they make up uh, a, ma a main part of the ad, but we haven't shown the entire thing. So tomorrow during the Super Bowl, make sure you pay attention and we'll complete the story there. Um, let's, let's ask this question, very simple question uh, for you, is that when, you know, when the um, vehicle is revealed on May 20th, is it going to be different from the Super Bowl ad that we've seen? So when we, uh, when we reveal on May 20th, we will continue the story you've seen here, but that will be a, a live reveal. We'll bring everyone out to, to see it in person and hop in it and, so there'll be uh, things that we learn at the reveal that we won't learn in the Super Bowl ad. That's what you're telling me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So sharing that front grill picture and those three uh, pretty phenomenal, phenomenal specs. Uh, when we get to the uh, reveal in May, you'll learn uh, your important question about how, how big or small is it. Uh, we will share range. We will share uh, what the inside of it looks like. Uh, and there may be a teaser or two that we 
throw in between now and then too. There's a lot of time between now and May and a lot of cool stuff to share. So we'll so see. Let me ask you this question purely from a PR standpoint. Um, one of the things that I think that the vault, the VOLT, uh, failed in is we heard about the vault a long time before the actual car made it to market. And by the time the car made it to market, we, I think we were struggling a little bit to be excited about it because we had two or three years of buildup. You haven't got quite got that long, but how do you keep the momentum going between the reveal on May 20th to the final vehicle uh, when it comes to market and the ride and drive and that sort of thing, keeping the interest of the, of the, of, of the public? I mean, that, this is a year or so. You have to keep everyone's interest. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question, and uh, some of that is still to be determined. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of enthusiasm, and enthusiasm breeds creativity, and, and we look forward to creating a lot of fun moments in between. Uh, we'll also have a really important partner on this, and that's LeBron James. So when you see the ad tomorrow, uh, he will be in it as well, and He's someone we uh, we want to stick around and be a part of the story as it unfolds. So uh, he is uh, he's a pretty cool dude, and we're excited to have him. Well, on you, board. You've been hanging out with him, making ads, haven't you, for the last few weeks? I have, you know, we're we're texting on a daily basis. No. Listen, I have I have a whole list of LeBron questions, but we'll save that for another time. Uh, with, with this, uh, one of the cool things I think that that this does is um, it sort of answers a lot of questions about what GM would do for electrification because we keep seeing you purchase uh, as a as a as a master company. We keep seeing GM buy a, a lot of partners out. They you know. With you buy ride-sharing partners, you buy electric partners, you invest, you announce all this investment in all these different factories. I mean, huge amounts of money going into the electrification idea, but this is sort of the first step in product. Uh, we know that there is obviously a Bolt, which is on sale now from the Chevrolet brand. Uh, there is a new Bolt coming, uh, or there is a, a sort of a, a new uh, electrified vehicle coming under the Chevy uh, name. Uh, you've extended the Bolt stuff, but that's really it. Uh, Cadillac had an EV, which is no longer in production. Uh, the the idea is you have all the pieces. It's like the Lego pieces. You have the pieces, but we don't know what the final picture is like. So we're waiting for you guys to put them together. And presumably over the next couple of years, GM will start to reveal its plan. Yeah, absolutely. We know we know talk is cheap, and uh, showing our plan is is really the only way to make people believe in it. So uh, just in the past week or so, we've uh, confirmed that our uh, wholly owned subsidiary subsidiary crews out in San Francisco developing uh, our autonomous drive capability. They confirm the cruise origin, which is a self-driving EV uh, that'll go into production in the future. Uh, we've confirmed the, the Hummer just this week. Uh, we made a really big announcement at our Detroit Hamtramck plant uh, that will be converted to be our first plant that is entirely EVs and AV vehicles. So uh, when when the Hummer gets rolling, it'll be part of a lineup that's going through the Detroit Hamtramck plant uh, that that really sets up the the future of our company, and that's hugely exciting for us. And uh, our leaders, Mark Royce and, and Mary Barra, have said that again, this is uh, kind of the, just the beginning, and we have uh, plenty to talk about this year. Cadillac did show a drawing last year of what their first EV crossover will look like and 
Cadillac has has plenty to share. Uh, our Chevrolet brand has plenty of share to share. We've got Buick uh, already rolling out an EV strategy right. in China, where the regulations are uh, a little bit more favorable today. Uh, but we have uh, four really strong brands, and all of them are starting to uh, put the pieces together, as as you mentioned with the Legos. Uh, and we've committed to 20, uh, 20 different EVs by 2023, and you're starting to see them. All right. Well, we'll look forward to uh, getting more information about that. Let me ask you uh, one question as we close. Uh, GM sell a lot of electric cars uh, nationwide. Are we expecting to see uh, any further vehicles that come out of uh, GM, uh, GMC, Cadillac? Are we expecting them to be nationwide? Because we have listeners in every state. We want to make sure that they can buy one if they want a new Hummer. Yeah, and to my point of the compliance vehicles of, of yesterday, uh, that's that's not our strategy going forward. We're uh, we're all in on EVs. Uh, we've said that we see uh, hybrids as a stopgap, and we're skipping over that stopgap and going right to EVs. And uh, a strategy isn't really a strategy if it's only a couple states at a time. So uh, this is we're taking it serious. We're taking it big. Uh, and there's a lot more to come. All right, Stuart, thanks for joining us, and we'll keep watching the GMC site to make sure we get more news. Stuart Powell from GMC talking about the brand new Hummer. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. If you're thinking about a new vehicle, then you can uh, read some of the articles. Informative car reviews at ourautoexpert.com. We have some of the newest and latest tech, the latest cars. You can even download the nation's car radio podcast at ourautoexpert.com. I have done, I think, probably about four or five project vehicles. And some of them have turned out great. Some of them have been... Interesting. Should have gone to the crusher. (laughs) (laughs) Wrecked a few vehicles. Uh, the last one we did was the Animal Rescue Rig, which was kind of a bunch of fun with the 2018 Nissan Titan. That was amazing. Uh, but there is one company uh, who does a lot of uh, accessories and aftermarket stuff for your vehicle. Headquartered in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Truck Hero provides consumers a full range of branded automotive accessories for trucks, Jeep-branded vehicles, and cars. They are one of the market's leading uh, engineering and quality design companies that uh, put together a lot of accessories that you might want to put on your vehicles. Uh, I have uh, been, I guess, entertained by some of the very cool things that they do over the years. Uh, They have done a lot of cool stuff that you would see at SEMA. They have a huge number of uh, people that they work with. The the list of suppliers is about a half a page long. Uh, So you can pretty much find anything for your truck or your Jeep. Um, And joining us in the studio is a guy that I actually met at Portland International Airport all those years ago. Because he accused me of stealing his first-class seat. <laughs> but I'm not sure how true that really is. Mike Timmons is the VP of sales for uh, for Truck Hero. Um, first of all, did I really steal your first-class seat? Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> you sat uh, right down in I'm, front of me. I'm sorry. I should have I should, I, I should have known. I should have given it back to you. Um, you and I think we were on our way to Nashville, weren't we, at the time? I think oh, we're, we're coming back. We're coming back. From we're coming Nashville. back yep. from Nashville. Okay, um, but we did up, strike up a nice conversation, and and then we kind of kept running into each other at airports, and then started to find out a lot more about each other. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Truck Hero. Uh, the company's not that old. You've only been around for about twelve years. Yeah, we started out in uh, two thousand seven. Um, 
really just supplying stuff for people. Uh, How did it start? Did it start like some guy in his mom's garage with a bunch of parts? No. Well, Truck Hero started out as THI. And uh, we basically took Xtang, a tonneau cover brand, and Truxedo and merged them together to create Truck Hero. And from there, we just started adding more brands and more brands. Uh, the one thing that you seem to do uh, extremely well, and you're you're well known for, and you have more experts, is tonneau covers. Yes. Uh, for the back of your truck. Yep. And, Bed protection. Uh, and I had no idea who how many different kinds there were, and how so you could pull this, or you could pull that, or you could uh, you could push this and roll this way, or fold it that way, or it was hard. You could stand on it, and there's a lot of covers. Yes, correct. So it used to be, I feel like, go back to the 80s, everybody wanted a canopy for their truck. But that's not such the fashion anymore. No, a lot of the caps um, uh, have gone away, and they're, they want the low-profile look. I think if you wanted a cap, you'd just buy an SUV, wouldn't you? You could. We do make caps as well. ARE is one of our companies. Uh, uh, but sort of the most popular thing seems to be the bed covers. Why, why is that? I think people need full access to their bed. They want to be able to use it as a truck. Yeah. And a tonneau cover or a bed cover gives it that ability. You used to see a lot of people with their dogs in the truck bed before, you know, it became illegal. They didn't know how dangerous that actually was, too. And I think I think the tonneau covers always makes me think you can't put a dog in there, so it's much it makes me feel better when I see someone with a tonneau cover. But I've also seen where people and th- this was something you had at your SEMA when you, you had some of the gladiators. I mean you have or it feels like almost a whole floor at SEMA. You have a huge area. Um, and one of the things that you do with the tonneau covers is you actually have you'll have the cover on the back of the truck and then you'll have have uh, some kind of apparatus on the back of the truck so people put ladders or canoes or, or other stuff e- above that. So you sort of True. Yep. have multiple ways of making use for that space. So explain to us some of the different covers that you can get for truck beds. Well, we uh, we have quite a wide offering there. So we've got low profile, which are uh, almost flush. We have some that sit above the bed. It really depends on what you need to use your truck for that we sort of direct people to. So you got folding, rolling, Soft, hard, quite right. a few. And some of them slide, and some of them have, like, clever little leverage yep. things to lock them and unlock them, and, and the rollback ones. What would you use a rollback one for? Because, I mean, for me, it's like I'm lazy. I don't want to have to get up there and roll, to, roll it back. But some of the advantages the roll cover has over, like, a folding cover is a folding cover comes up, blocks your back window in the full open position, where a rolling cover has a lower right. profile to it. And you can still see out your back window. All right. So tell me a little bit about... Um, how you guys took over that market because obviously you started in in 2007 as a pretty small company just merging to them but but over the next 10 years you guys sort of really made your mark and you don't have any retail outlets you basically supply all your products to people so so if you if you buy from truck hero you you buy it online or you buy truck hero products or one of your brand products out of a retailer that's right we uh we sell online through um, retailers, and we also sell through uh, brick-and-mortar stores. And you've acquired so many brands now, too. Like Truck Hero, it just it doesn't mean just Truck Hero. I mean, I can list off the brands that you guys have, and yeah. it's long. We have 26 brands, 18 manufacturing facilities here in the U.S. and Canada. Big. Yep, and we have one online retailer as well. Oh, so do most people buy from online, or do they buy from stores? Um, you know, it's about 50-50 nowadays. All right, and... Apart from doing stuff for trucks, one of your big areas that you do stuff is for Jeeps as well. Correct. And I know you drove your Jeep today. I did. This is a Jeep. Do you get a discount? 
It's a little one. <laughs> Not a big one? Not a big one. Because I think if I got a discount, you know, I like to bolt things onto my beer. Because if I got a discount, I'd be spending it. My, uh, my, my, my significant other would be going, what happened to a salary this month? <laughs> it's all gone into lights and aftermarket lights and those sort of things. Hey, when you go to Christmas parties, do people ask you questions about their accessories? Of course. <laughs> it's like being a doctor. Yep, hey, I've got this weird much. rash on my leg. Can you have a quick look at it? <laughs> uh, uh, I, and I love the fact that when we go to see you at SEMA, we, you, you, know, you get to walk us around uh, the latest products and stuff. I also want to talk about, we're going to take a quick break in a minute or so, but I want to talk about um, some of the ideas of things that you can actually do to your trucks, um, the design and manufacturing of parts. Uh, I'd also want to know how you test them too, because obviously if you're making parts, does that mean you know all the guys in the shop get and jump up and down on them? That must be a bunch of fun testing them to see if they can actually survive uh, as well. Uh, but it goes a lot a lot beyond just bed covers and those type of things. Um, you guys also do a lot of very cool stuff that we got a chance to look at. I mean, I could probably spend my whole show just talking about bed covers. And there are so many different sizes. Of trucks. What, hey, quick question. What happens when a new truck comes out? Do you get early access so you can measure it? Or what? how do you do that? Uh, we get some access. Not a lot of access, but we get some. You must be very fast at being able to pull that stuff together. All right, we're talking to uh, Mike Timmons about Truck Hero. Uh, he actually lives in the Northwest, but the company is nationwide. We'll talk about some of the cool products you can bolt onto your vehicle coming up. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the Northwest to the Southeast. This is America's Car Radio Show. That's probably we'll feature it on air online, on mobile, or on smart speakers. But I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Truck Girl Jen. Mike Timmons is in the studio. He is uh, the vice president of sales for Truck Hero. And we're talking about accessorizing your truck and doing cool things to it, your truck, your car, your SUV. Um, if people accessorize their car, what would they do to it? I mean, a lot of times it's very racing-based, and you're very off-road-based, right? We, yeah, we are. But we do have fun. There you go. You hit the wrong one, Jen. Uh, are we there? Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, on a car, we do a lot of the plastics. We have a lot of trim for windows. Okay. We have a lot of uh, different type of add-ons to right. the exterior. But no racing stuff, though. Mostly, no performance. Mostly looks. I was looking at uh, one of the things I like to put is fender flares on my vehicle. And Bushwhacker is, of course, one of your companies. Right, correct. And they're famous for their fender flares. What was the original idea of fender flares? Or why did people put them on? Because it wasn't just to make it look pretty, was it? Uh, yeah, it actually is to give more tire coverage to it. Um, interesting facts is Bushwhacker was located here in Portland for a long time, then right. purchased and moved down to Atlanta. Um, I love the fact that you can now put like these fender flares on that are so simple. Most of these parts, you don't have to have an engineering degree to put it on your vehicle. No, no, neither. Um, and you can actually do most of it yourself. Correct. Um, but now when I, in lift kits and those sort of things, probably not so much. But yeah. uh, most of the things you can actually do yourself. Uh, fender flares, something you can bolt on yourself to a truck. Sure. They use majority of the time they use the factory installation points, um, and then. Some vehicles come from the factory with fender flares on them already, right? Correct. Um, I was looking at the, the bed liner thing is is very big. I've I've seen some trucks which have had zero bed liner in them. Um, so it's kind of interesting where you see they put gravel or sand in the back and all that paint is scraped off the vehicle. But a lot of times they're coming from the factory with some sort of even some very basic spray and bed liner in the back of the vehicle. But ultimately, people want a little more than that. And what sort of bedliners are there? Are those bedliners there to just to protect the vehicle, or are they? Because you were telling me there's so there's foam in the back of those. So why would someone put foam in the back of the vehicle? What sort of to make it softer? Well, we have actually two uh, bed uh, protection companies. We have uh, 
a rugged liner as well as bed rug. Two different, completely different bed protection, but they both do a very similar job. They protect the shell of the bed. So uh, with the foam and the bed rug, you could drop a bowling ball on it. It's going to take the hit. With these new aluminum beds, the aluminum is not as strong as the steel. It's going to actually have more flex and more more uh, ability to dent. A lot of times you can, uh, you know, you, you can protect the superficial scratches, but you want to protect the structure of the bed Correct. too as well. If you're yep. dropping a massive big bulldozer full of, or, uh, you know, a digger full of uh, rocks in the back of the vehicle, you don't want your bed to be all bent out of shape by the time you're finished. Yep, and that's where the advantage of a plastic liner or the bed rug come into play. Uh, a lot of people, uh, when they buy their trucks, do they accessorize them at the beginning or it's when they've had them for a few years? They usually do majority of the accessories right out of the gate as soon as they buy them. Uh, and, of course, a lot of dealers like to get in on this. They like to sell you a lot of extra stuff. But uh, looking at the vehicles, one of the things I like to do is put extra lights on them. So you can do everything from light bars through to fog lights, those type of things, bolt on to vehicles. I also noticed now that some of the newer systems that they're starting to design now, you can actually just change the color of those lights at the flick of a switch. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yep. So if I... You know, I want purple one week or blue the next. I can just, uh, you know, hit the switch or hit the programmer and just change the color. Sure. And that, and is it, does that go on to the inside as well? We, I mean, we talk an awful lot about stuff being on the outside of trucks, but you can do a lot to the inside as well. Yeah. Um, on some of our uh, Jeep companies, we do do a lot of products on the inside. Uh, we get into a little bit of lighting there, but we have a lot more storage and stuff like that. Yeah, and and some of the new storage boxes you can buy for these trucks, they're removable as well. They don't just they're not just permanent bolt in. You can put them in the truck. They have a place that they fit, and then if you want to take them out, like lockable storage, you can take them away with you. Yeah. Yep. Um, what do people use storage? Do they use them for valuables in trucks, or is it mostly used for uh, just just to keep things out of the way? Uh, valuables and just keeping things out of the way for sure. You know, making sure your cell phones aren't going to slide around, and uh, you know, stuff is in its safe area. I always think of storage. Uh, they they did uh, somebody does a very cool gun cabinet that goes under the seat of a jeep. I thought that was very cool because you if you're gonna if you're gonna have a firearm in your jeep, you're going out hunting or you're going out hiking where there might be bears or or some big cat. You probably want to make sure that it's locked during you know you driving or sure. those type of things. And so yeah, to, to sure. do a lockable under the seat, lockable storage i think i noticed uh, in the new gladiator when jeep came out with that they start they installed a whole bunch of lockable storage in there but if your vehicle is older and doesn't have that uh, the lockable storage how secure is that i mean presumably you have you you bolt that to the car as well you bolt that to the truck as well and then you can put a lock on it and i think that probably makes it more secure yeah it definitely does um, and then on the outside of the truck too a lot of a lot of people uh, like to have lifts and do new wheels and tires and those type of things but there's a lot of stuff that goes with that you have to put new shocks in all those type of things so you probably are able to to supply a lot of that stuff as well sure yeah you know suspension and wheels and tires are usually one of the first things a truck or jeep owner does right out uh, right after they purchase the vehicle what did you do to yours Oh, well, my Jeep out there is a little on the extreme side. It's got a... I like extreme. We can talk about extreme. Yeah, it's got a six-inch suspension, um, super lift suspension under it, king shocks, and we're running 40s under it. And that's and those, those are pretty big. What's your gas mileage right now? Uh, it's a, it's a, little, a little under 10. <laughs> that's the trouble, right? I mean, when I when we lifted the, the Titan... 
uh, I was pretty shocked by the time we finished and putting all that steel and, and the, the sliding bed in the back and all that sort of thing I went down to like 8 miles a gallon my friend was really excited because he got 9 miles a gallon out of it while he was driving but I'm getting 8 miles a gallon out of something that's that's probably half of what it does uh, normally what uh, a lot of those things done out of the factory what are the, some of the simplest things you can do with a vehicle to update it and to do accessorizing it you know the the tonneau covers on the trucks is a great way bed protection as well as uh, you know, inter- interior pieces. On the Jeeps, we like to see, you know, more rock armor. We like to see fender flares and light bars and light light accessories. And, and do you own those companies that, that make the fender flare stuff? Like, like obviously, you own Bushwhackers, but a lot of the stuff do you own or do you actually import it or you, you buy it from other companies and resell it? We, we manufacture a majority of our products. There okay. are some products that we do need to supply in. Um, and the and then for the for the you even have companies that specialize in only doing like Rugged Ridge specializes in only doing Jeep stuff, right? Correct. Nineteen forty one to current, we do everything. Um, for me, it's kind of interesting too. Is I I notice that on different vehicles, depending on what they're designed for, that you can get different kinds of steps. So I'm always used to like the high end. They always want to send me these high end trucks where you open the door and you have an electronic step that comes out. Well, they're difficult to install. They're expensive. They're not cheap. And, you know, they, they, they're prone when they get older to going wrong. But then you have these very simple bolt on steps that are made for muddy boots and that's that type of thing. So steps are a big thing you could put on the side of your truck, too, especially if you lift it, um, you know, or maybe even a pull down ladder so Jen can get into the truck. (laughs) Yeah, we've got a lot of applications. We actually make a power step by amp step, um, as well as we make um, hoop steps from NFAB, uh, quite a few different types of steps to get in. What sets you apart from your competitors? Um, One of the things that definitely sets us apart is our manufacturing and our styling and our abilities to, to design and get to market quicker. Um, so a lot of times these guys are taking years and years to get their products to market after a new vehicle comes out. But you actually have parts. For instance, you know the Gladiator was just introduced last year, and at this year's SEMA, or last year's SEMA, you had a whole bunch of of stuff for the Jeep Gladiator truck, which a lot of manufacturers were trying to catch up and and get this stuff. You already had your stuff out on market. We did. We had a lot of crossover from the JL to the JT or the Gladiator. Um, still working on a lot more of those applications. So. There's going to be a lot more to come. How important is quality to you? Very, very important. Uh, you don't want people coming back and saying, my part broke. Very true. We, uh, we back it with some warranties, too. So And so some decent warranties so, yeah. so people can use the, the stuff hardcore and still have it yep. Uh, yep. working for them. All right, uh, Mike, tell us a little bit about where we can look at some of the products. Uh, truckhero.com is probably the best place to find the majority of our stuff. And if you're going to have a project, you're going to do a Jeep or a truck or that sort of thing, you can actually sort of build a shopping cart ahead of time and work out how much it's going to cost you. Yep. And and if everything from the expert to the person who's never bolted on a part before? Yep. All right. I, I really enjoy it. I like looking at your stuff, especially at SEMA. Um, you guys do a lot of really good work, including a lot of charity work as well. So that's really cool. All right. Check it out at truckhero.com. Coming up, we're going to talk to Anton Wallman. He is our independent analyst and investor. And we're going to talk about things, including the new GMC Hummer. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. 
catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear the past shows, see our automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. He joins us every week on the air, Anton Wallman, independent investor and analyst. Uh, there's been a lot going on with the Chicago Auto Show this week, but let's start off with uh, GM details. More information emerging on the GMC Hummer, uh, the motor, the battery, the towing, and the off-road. So what do we know, Anton? Yes, uh, Mark Royce, who is effectively the second-in-command at General Motors, detailed some more important information about the upcoming GMC Hummer at General Motors' annual financial analyst meeting in New York last Wednesday. And specifically what he said was that you will be able to buy uh, the GMC Hummer in one, two, and three motor configurations. And if that sounds familiar, that is exactly what Tesla said with respect to its uh, Cybertruck as well. So a very interesting analogy there. He further detailed that there would be special off-road and towing versions, maybe related, of course, to how many motors it would or wouldn't have. So clearly the GMC Hummer is not just some one-spec, one-off wonder, but it sounds like it's going to be a pretty comprehensive set of of configurations for people with different truck needs. Are GM getting very aggressive and going directly up against uh, Elon Musk because they think they can do a better job? Well, clearly the GMC Hummer was cast in stone long before we saw the Cybertruck revealed last November. So uh, it wasn't like GM, I think, is responding here to what Tesla uh, has come out with. Uh, And clearly the design and the construction and the materials is going to be very, very different, I believe. Uh, But uh, they were certainly thinking along some of the similar lines certainly when it comes to uh, powertrain configurations that apparently Tesla also in the end uh, settled upon. I look at this and I can't but help think that General Motors, uh, you know, they, they have experience, they have a depth in the truck business, they've had successful trucks for a long time, many years, they've been uh, one of the biggest truck manufacturers in the world, and ultimately they have experience in this. How much of the existing Sierra or Silverado will appear, do you think, in this new GMC Hummer? Well, this is very hard to say, but my guess would be that in terms of the basic construction being a body on frame, I think that uh, there's a good chance that if GM wants to be competitive in areas such as towing, that they're going to probably base itself upon uh, something in that direction. In other other words, it wouldn't be a a form of a unibody that uh, Honda and others have pursued over time. So... Uh, But I do also at the same time believe that uh, the um, uh, work that GM has done in recent years in terms of battery packaging and construction and it having some sort of structural components uh, that uh, can firm up in the way the nature that the body of the vehicle is built up could uh, indicate that they're going in a slightly different direction as well, that it won't be purely the conventional thought of a body-on-frame truck with just a bunch of batteries sitting between those truck frames. So I think we should have an open mind with respect to potential surprises here. And, of course, we will supposedly learn much about this at the full reveal, which will take place, they have said, on the 20th of May.
the GM as a company uh, have 12 new BEVs to be launched uh, in the coming year. So GM, the GMC Hummer is just one of them. That's right. So we have mostly a variety of crossovers in SUVs, but also some specialty vehicles in the minivan and sedan and sports car areas. But a majority of these 12 new vehicles will be in the crossover slash SUV space, both two-row as well as they made it very clear that at least one of them will be a three-row SUVs. Most likely, it's basically the very first one that they're coming out with is going to be corresponding to the Cadillac XT5, and then the second one will be corresponding to the Cadillac XT6. So a two-row and a three-row, respectively, with a Cadillac nameplates uh, on them. Uh, those will be the first two to hit the market, aside from the Hummer. Uh, when we come back, it'll be interesting to find out how other car companies will be uh, catching up, because it looks like from this information, GM is quite a way ahead of some of the other big major vehicle companies. Also, I want to talk a little bit about the Bronco. I think we're probably getting pretty close to the Bronco being revealed. I've heard some dates thrown around. Uh, we'll see if it'll be in dealerships uh, very soon. We'll have some updated information on that. Tesla in Europe and some also new information from Audi that's coming up on our Auto Expert with Anton You're listening to our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can start a conversation with us and ask questions about your new or potentially new car. Just send us a direct message at our Auto but Anton Wallman is an independent analyst and investor. He's on the phone. He joins us every single week. We've been talking uh, specifically a little bit about uh, General Motors. Uh, I thought it was kind of a cool uh, little statistic that they have reached a 96% uh, saturation of market, but it's not in a country you'd expect them to, to be a leader in. No, I mean, it's very easy here in the blue-blooded or red-blooded America to uh, not pay attention to some of these oddball little markets scattered around the world that seemingly never gets any attention. But GM gave us a funny little statistic at its analyst meeting uh, in which they said that their manufacturing partner in Uzbekistan, uh, not exactly where Borat is from, but close by, uh, they have a manufacturing partner there that makes General Motors vehicles on a license. So basically... General Motors gets a license revenue, which is, of course, pure profit for them. Uh, and they make about 250,000 of them per year in that factory, all sold there locally, domestically. And uh, with that capability, they have a, an impossible 96% market share in that uh, tiny, far-flung country. So it, it makes uh, me want to show you that the world is bigger than we think. It makes me want to ask who has the other four uh, percent, and it also makes me want to ask what vehicle is the number one uh, vehicle in Uzbekistan uh, from GM. Like what? What? Uh, yeah, what I don't model? know which is uh, what the GM vehicles are called over there. Uh, I think the remaining four percent is probably uh, Toyota Hilux because uh, that is the uh, that is the weapon of choice, as it were, for a lot. Of Surgeons around the world that mount a little turret on the back there and uh, right. pursue their little civil wars that go on. So that would be my guess. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Bronco. Um, one of the sentiments that I've seen on the internet it, from a lot of people who are fans or not fans or just interested in the new Bronco, which Ford announced it seems like a lifetime ago, is please just already tell us about this vehicle. We're tired of waiting. Uh, but it sounds like that wait may be over soon. 
That's right. So I think the Bronco was first announced in approximately 1904 at this point. <laughs> uh, actually, the date was January of uh, 2017, so just over uh, three years ago when they announced it. And at the time, as you may recall, they said it would be available one year after the Ranger, which of course hit in January 2019, a year ago. Now the company says that the company uh, is going to unveil the Bronco very soon in just a next few short months, but that and manufacturing will start uh, toward the back half of the year, but that the availability in dealerships won't be until early 2021. So that smells to me like the delay here has been, uh, depending on how you define it, at least six months, maybe slightly more compared to what uh, they had communicated just until uh, relatively recently. Uh, do you think the Bronco is going to be, uh, apparently some of the pictures which are perhaps uh, somebody's imagination but apparently some of the pictures are uh, pretty similar to the final vehicle do you think the bronco is going to be everything everybody's hoped for i am pretty bullish actually because everything we keep seeing more and more of these various spy photos suggests that the company is taking the very best of the learnings from what uh, jeep has shown with the wrangler and then some of the underpinnings in terms of uh, front suspension and that sort of thing uh, and uh, but otherwise made it a very very genuine vehicle overall that I at least stylistically is going to appeal to where the market is going at this point I mean why else is the Toyota 4Runner still selling like hotcakes why is the Mercedes G-Class still selling like hotcakes uh, relatively speaking for a $125,000 and up vehicle so um, I, I really believe that despite all of these copious delays, Ford, at least fundamentally, seems to have been up uh, to uh, actually producing the right product. And I uh, hope I uh, very much look forward to seeing it very soon. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Audi e-tron now. There are obviously some interesting sales going on with this. Uh, in the United States versus the rest of the world, are they, are they doing as well as we expected them to do? Well, it's interesting. In the U.S., they've been selling uh, roughly 500 or so per month. In many European countries, the sales are far more brisk, and it is topping the sales charts in, uh, in a handful of countries over there. And it's certainly, by an extremely wide margin now, the best-selling luxury uh, all-electric vehicle in Europe right now. And uh, we'll see how long, long that lasts. And uh, Porsche has not yet made any of their... Taycan consumer delivery yet, as far as I understand, uh, they've delivered about 200-some-odd uh, dealer demo vehicles in Europe and uh, a similar number in the United States, 200-some dealer deliveries. But in terms of consumer deliveries, there, uh, as far as I can see, there have only been a few token ones, but uh, the number should start uh, uh, there as well soon. But before then, you know, the Audi e-tron, is just selling very well in a number of countries in Europe and has really dominated that uh, particular corner of the market. You know, we're only selling 500 a month of the Audi. Do you think that paints a good picture for people like Ford with uh, the new Mark E? Do you think they're going to do more than that when they come to market with that later this year? Well, the Ford Mark E is a very different price point. Remember, the Ford Mark E will start at I think I forget the, with the destination was 46,000 or something like that. Uh, the Audi starts at about 75,000 in the United States. In Europe, they have a, an, a less expensive version of it available, which has a 71 kilowatt hour battery as opposed to the 
standard 95 kilowatt hour battery that we get here in the United States. But nevertheless, the Ford is very clearly aiming at a lower price point. The Ford is going to be made in Mexico. And of course, the Audi is made in Brussels, Belgium, which may have some impact on that. And of course, the Audi in general is perceived to be a, a higher end vehicle, a higher weight, or some other luxury goodies. But uh, I fully expect uh, the, the Ford to uh, sell a little, a little bit more briskly given its lower price. Even though the first editions, uh, they're no longer taking orders for the first editions on the new marquee, they're still pushing very hard for people to order the vehicle. Uh, any indication as to how pre-orders are going for the new marquee and whether Ford's on target? Yeah, so here's not really pre-orders. Uh, they are, what they are are fully refundable uh, reservations, right? So basically anybody can go online, put down $500, and if they change their mind seconds, minutes, days, week, months, you know, up until the moment that they go and take delivery of this thing, uh, they can get their money back. So uh, we have absolutely no idea how many of the people who put one or multiple of these reservations down who are actually serious enough to eventually decide to take delivery. You may remember that there will be other vehicles that will be in the market at the time that they are ready to make these deliveries starting next October or November or so. Uh, the Tesla Model Y obviously comes to mind, but there will be others. By that time, we will have the Audi Q4 e-tron, uh, which will be the lower cost version of the e-tron that will be much lighter. It will also start around $50,000. And then we have the Volkswagen ID4, which should be reaching U.S. dealerships also around the beginning of 21. And uh, that will also be in that price range of the low to mid 40s. So there will be so many other choices by that time from Nissan and many other manufacturers that, uh, yes, it's easy to put down a fully refundable deposit for the Ford Mach-E now. But by the time they're ready to make these deliveries, the menu will have expanded to multiple pages worth of vehicles in that exact same class that the consumer may want to consider. Volvo recently announced their XC40 a battery electric vehicle, but they're also doing well with their PHEVs in their home market. That's right. So all across Europe now, the new um, uh, CO2 requirements took into full force January 1st, and the different manufacturers are addressing them with different technologies, some with pure battery electric vehicles, others with a heavy dose of plug-in hybrids. And Volvo in particular, for the next few months, uh, has a very heavy dose of plug-in hybrids. And in certain geographies, the uh, take rate of uh, these plug-in hybrids has been very high. For example, in its uh, so-called home market, Sweden, uh, in uh, there was a point in January where they were at, the, at about a 35% take rate. And they're they're gunning for an, uh, kind of a sustained rate that will be right about 30% for the year, which is, uh, which is fairly high. Uh, Fiat Chrysler said the Jeep Wrangler PHEV will uh, contribute to the regulatory footprint in Europe for 2020, which means that uh, it's kind of gone. It's there to meet what they need it to meet, right? That's right. So manufacturing of the plug-in hybrid version of the Jeep Wrangler is set to start during this calendar year 2020. I think fairly soon at that. And uh, when it starts manufacturing, ask yourself where is a regulatory credit worth the most in terms of their ability to sell it and what they would otherwise have to pay in fines. And uh, in Europe, a regulatory credit is worth on the order of 20,000 euros, which is about $22,000. So ask yourself the question, if you're in Fiat Chrysler's shoes, would you allocate the highest possible number of these plug-in hybrid Wranglers 
first to Europe before you start selling them in the United States. And I think you can make a case as to why it would make far more sense for them economically to try to sell as many of them as they can at full price in Europe first before they allocate units to their natural home market here in the United States. Now, Jeep obviously introduced at CES this year the three plug-in hybrid vehicles that they're going to bring to market the, the soonest, or the alternative energy vehicles they're bringing to market the soonest. Uh, but looking at the Jeep Renegade, which is the smallest Jeep that they make, this vehicle shares a lot with the Fiat 500X, including in parts and design. Uh, this vehicle would make sense to come out as a plug-in hybrid 500X, but it seems like that, G, that, that Fiat are wavering doing that in the United States. Uh, do you think that they'll go that route, or do you think that Fiat just doesn't have the volume that they it would be even be worth developing the 500X plug-in hybrid? Well, this tells us really more about Fiat as a brand than anything else. I mean, I think that Fiat as a brand right now is a bit up in the air. Uh, it is even more up in the air when you consider the fact that the that uh, Fiat Chrysler has decided to merge with Peugeot Citroën. Of course, Peugeot Citroën has a series of brands that are very closely aligned to the Fiat brand. And whatever they have in mind for their future uh, is something that they're probably going to start planning for more carefully. Uh, in contrast, the Jeep brand really has a global appeal and a very different appeal and is very different than anything that uh, comes from the Fiat, Peugeot, or Citroën brand. So I think that the natural thing here is to move forward immediately with whatever they can do under the Jeep brand while they reconsider what might have been done otherwise under the under the Fiat label. So I think that it probably just makes sense for them to launch this first as a Jeep and then see how this merger moves forward before they do anything else with the, with the Fiat nameplates. In the last minute we have left, I wanted to talk a little bit about Tesla removing autopilot, the full self-driving feature from owners who resell their cars. Doesn't this open them up to lawsuits now for people who are saying they're devaluing the chance for them to resell their Teslas? Yeah, Nick, get in line. There are many things that can open them up to lawsuits for a variety of uh, real or perceived shenanigans. But this one sounded like it was particularly egregious in the sense that if you if you have a, a Tesla and you bought it with autopilot and then you sell it to somebody and uh, and then they take it away, the functionality, I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, you know, yes, you, you paid for this thing. It doesn't say that you can't transfer it to somebody else. This isn't a, a warranty and not even, I mean, this is just terrible, right? I mean, if you pay for a functionality here and then it goes away if you sell it to somebody else, I think uh, let's see if this is, was a temporary mistake on their part that they will rectify or whether this is uh, some deeper plan of theirs to antagonize their existing customers because uh, this is one sure way to lose a customer friend. All right, Anton Wallman, independent analyst and investor, read his stuff at the street or Seeking Alpha. You can also get all of our stuff at ourautoexpert.com, including downloading podcasts and listening to previous shows. We'll be back in next week. Until then, have a great day. at rautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at rautoexpert. And message us for a quick and witty response.